and welcome to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Chris, and with me always is the baby Yoda to my Mando, Tony. Say hey, Tony. I like those odds. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. It's a Monday night. Uh, I think it's the third quarter into the Raiders Saints game as we record this, and we are live on the Book of Face and YouTube or wherever you're streaming this this evening so yeah it would be one Welcome of those two places <laughs> that's Fun. all people have to choose from at this point but uh if you guys aren't listening to this uh on podcast uh just know that uh, we do this show live so if there are any uh technical hiccups then uh, you know what you you get the raw unfiltered uncensored version of what we do um and we are live and you guys are more than welcome to join us at uh, facebook.com forward slash proton pack podcast or you can head over to uh, youtube and look for the proton pack there and watch it live with uh, anybody else who's watching at the moment as well now tony let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do every episode with shameless plugs Shameless plug time. It's shameless plug time. It is in these hills that Juan Valdez and his trusty goat gather coffee beans every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> money is cool. Money is cool. Money is cool. Spe- I like money. Yeah. Speaking of shameless plugs, we have Rough Riders, roughriders.org. It is uh, my dog rescue 501c3 nonprofit. We concentrate on the transport of dogs from kill shelters out in the rural areas, bring them here to uh, the more metro area of northern Nevada, uh, work with our local shelters and rescues to find them home, give them a second chance at life. Uh, you know, through this whole pandemic thing, we've been really sort of keeping our heads down and really just concentrating on the transport aspect of it. No real events or, uh, you know, anything that we normally do. We're just trying to get through this time. But the one need that we do have is donations. Obviously, we want to take care of our um, uh, volunteers, our transport volunteers, make sure they're reimbursed for the gas that they use to go out and pick up those dogs. And so if you are willing to donate, and if you can donate, head over to roughriders.org or facebook.com forward slash roughridersaves. And we appreciate any tax-deductible donation there. Now, Tony, you do another pop culture show with a good friend of our Jimmy Jones every Sunday called the Pop Culture Kaboom, if you wouldn't mind uh, filling in our listeners about what that is and where they can find it. Yeah, I, I do a little radio segment uh, with my buddy Jimmy Jones, well, our buddy Jimmy Jones, and uh, he's got a cool uh, pop culture show on Sunday evenings uh, from 7 to 9 Pacific time on knvc.org. Uh, that is also local, Carson City, 94.5 KNVC. Um, you can stream it. We He has everything from uh, entertainment news, uh, toy cons, comic cons comic books he has a new guest every week he has local guests uh he's got uh obscure actors writers he has a lot of stuff put together jimmy puts together a really fun show every sunday night i partake in the uh, movie segment with him we review 
horrible trailers because there's not a lot of movies out there. So we'll tell you. Um, like this week, all of them were touch browns. They were all crap-ass movies that uh, couldn't recommend to anybody. I mean, it's just basically if you were ever curious to know what else is coming out versus uh, uh, what normally doesn't. But uh, 95.1 KMBC, Carson City Community Radio. It's KMBC.org. Follow it. Listen. It's good. And it will talk some silly movies with you mm-hmm. and this week's was just really bad, just bad. <laughs> you know what's not really bad is the radio show that you and i do every day tony called the christian that's a good one yeah called the christian phoenix radio show it is a daily show from 8 a.m to 10 a.m pacific standard time and so uh adjust accordingly uh, based on the schedule there but it is a daily variety show as we like to call it is your daily dose of laughs and levity yeah we've got great call-in topics and subjects that we pull up and recurring daily segments and weekly segments have a lot of fun putting it together and a lot of fun recording it putting it out for you guys now uh, we are going through a little bit of a transition period right now so uh, there are no new episodes or best ofs this week next week will be a series of best ofs and then we'll be back with brand new episodes starting august 5th so that is a monday october october we've we've moved on it is september i normally (laughs) you must be tired because you don't make movies like that's normally my that's my role and you're usually fixing that for me. But yeah, everyone, uh, tune in. Uh, just follow us on the uh, Facebook. Um, and Or if you're on Twitter or Instagram, you'll get the updates. Um, yeah, we uh, we parted ways with America Matters Media. And uh, we're moving on to bigger and better things. We are. Big announcements coming out this week. And uh, look forward to doing the show. It's a lot of fun with you. I mean, if you guys are watching this, unfortunately... Uh, during, I'm sure if you followed the show, we had uh, lost our third co-host on there, Ryan. He uh, ended up getting a job, which is awesome, yeah. and we lost him out. So it just it was you and me. And uh, when we come back October 5th, it's still just you and me. But uh, hopefully down the line that uh, we'll have a third one because that does uh, make it easier. So we don't have to run as many best ups. So. Yeah, it's nice to have that third voice. And, uh, you know, like Tony said, if uh, he has to go to an appointment or something along those lines, you know, we don't have to uh, force a best of upon you. We can still continue a live show. But uh, that's just one minor change. We've got some big things coming down the pipeline. If you want to learn more, head over to facebook.com forward slash, forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K. Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R. Well, And it's Tony with a T, S with an S, and PP as in PP. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. Well, that does it for our shameless plug. We've got a fun show lined up for you today here yeah, on Pop do. Culture Kaboom. Uh, not Pop Culture Kaboom. That's Jimmy's show. Wow, this that's is- Jimmy's show. Hey, everything you want, everything you need. Jimmy Jones, <laughs> Pop Culture Kaboom. This is 95.1 KMBC. This is the Proton Pack podcast. We've got lots of uh, TV news, a little bit of uh, movie news, and a lot of uh, video games. So let's kick on with it. Tony, go ahead and get that button ready for TV news as we start out each and every show. Bazinga. The cream of the crop. Hey, baby. Let's go, Pop. Excellent. Hail to the king, baby. All right. So kicking off TV news is uh, our favorite little... uh, Mouse, our little favorite uh, rodent. Yes, we're talking Mickey Mouse, and he has a new animated series. Oh, I thought you were talking Bucky 
Beaver. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice that you can pull that up by the shirt tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that, you know. But uh, in any case, Mickey Mouse has a new animated series coming to Disney+. Plus. So the mouse that started it all is getting some new cartoons on Disney+, Plus later this year. On Monday, Disney announced that a new series of animated shorts starring the one and only Mickey Mouse would be arriving on the popular streaming service in November on the day of the iconic character's birthday. Wednesday, November 18th, we'll see the premiere of The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, developed by the same Emmy-winning team that created the Disney Channel's Mickey Mouse cartoon shorts. That first day, we'll see the arrival of the first two shorts in the series on Disney+. Nine days later, on November 27th, you get two additional shorts that will be released. New shorts will be released on Fridays with 10 total shorts slated to arrive in 2020. There will be 10 additional shorts released next summer. Now, the previous Mickey Mouse cartoon series kicked off on Disney Channel in 2013 and aired 96 episodes over the course of five seasons. The series won seven Primetime Emmy Awards, two Daytime Emmy Awards, and 21 Annie Awards. All five seasons are currently streaming on Disney+. Now, Tony, is this something you're looking forward to, or are you going to pass on the mouse? Mm. Oh, my. <laughs> my, my old boy is Definitely, uh, I'm excited for Mickey Mouse. Oh, no, stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I get the NFL. Get up, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not Mickey Mouse. All right. Anyways, that said, Mickey Mouse, I hit it. I didn't anticipate to say you son of a bitch, but there you go. Oh, boy. <laughs> It's Wacky Wednesday. <laughs> On a Monday. It's not even Wednesday. It's a Monday. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I The only thing I don't like about the new Mickey Mouse stuff is I don't like Mickey's voice. I think the new the new Mickey voice is kind of annoying. I feel like he screams a little more. Yeah. It, like it's not – yeah, it's still like that high pitch. Oh, oh. But it's more like, ah. Hey, Minnie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more Ren and Stimpy, a little less uh, Mickey Mouse, right? Yeah, yeah. But, the, I mean, the humor is great, though. That so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's good. Uh, like we talked about on the Phoenix show, and I know Lacey wants me to say the Phoenix and the Fox show. <laughs> Fox. F-A-W. Fawkes show. Um the uh we talked about it you know mickey had been kind of a little overexposed and gave him a rest and uh this will be a good time to come back anything fresh uh in the new year is going to be a welcomed uh welcomed uh, view for everybody yeah. involved yeah those shorts i mean from 2013 were hilarious uh, a lot of good adult humor the animation style was a good throwback to the old steamboat willie sort of days um, not sure if this version's going to look any different, feel any different, if the humor is going to be any different. I hope it's not because, um, I, I think they hit the nail on the head. And like you said, you know, the voice was a little strange, but maybe they'll bring a new uh, voiceover artist for it. Yeah. Well, that, unfortunately, when you have an iconic character and the originals, you know, are no longer able to, or they're no longer with us to do the voice, you kind of have to get used to something that's similar, but a little different. Right. But, uh. Right. Yeah, and it just, sometimes if you grew up on it, you catch it a little more, you know? And, I don't know why that is. And of course, Disney, if you are listening, Tony is available to do the voice of Mickey Mouse, just in case you need something a little bit closer than, uh, than you know. What, I what will actually practice it more, more than just, oh, boy. 
<laughs> that probably wouldn't even my best one. All right, Yeesh. Tony. Uh, moving on to the next story. So uh, what goes hand in hand with Mickey Mouse? Any thoughts? Well, if you said The Walking Dead, yes, you, you would be correct. No, they don't go Not hand today. in hand. <laughs> I'm trying like different sound bites in between and muting, but uh, it's not working so well. <laughs> Some weird ones there. Uh, well, yeah, you know, I'm trying to add different ones that I just type in Walking Dead, and, and that's I was hoping like you get sound bites from Negan and stuff, but uh, not so much. And sometimes they go for three minutes and you don't Jeez, expect it. Yeah, it's like that Steamboat Willie one that was going for like 475 two days. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on from Mickey to The Walking Dead, AMC and Twitch have announced The Walking Dead Universe, a new Twitch channel offering original content, watch-alongs, and interactive experiences set around The Walking Dead Universe. The new channel will premiere Sunday, September 20th, so actually yesterday, and uh, we'll have a launch party stream followed by a Walking Dead catch-up where hosts will lead fans through select episodes of The Walking Dead Season 10, Fear the Walking Dead Season 5, with real-time reactions as they watch and interact with the community leading up to the much-anticipated premiere of Episode 1016 on October 4th. Now, going forward, the channel will aim to air 12 hours of original content a week, including watch-alongs during episode premieres. Hosts include Clark Wolf, Renetta Renee, and Dylan Gabriel Guerra. Uh, quote, as the storytelling and characters that span the Walking Dead universe continue to grow, so do the innovative ways we reach and engage with fans, both old and new across social media and popular new platforms like Switch, said David Beck, executive vice president and head of programming strategy and business operations for AMC Networks. Sunday nights on Twitch are audience first and fan centric, and we are all thrilled at this opportunity to build something new for passionate fans of the Walking Dead universe, giving them a new community to celebrate the universe, channel their enthusiasm, and express their fandom. Tony, is this something you're going to tune in on, or is this something where it's I don't know, a little too interactive for you? Oh! Um, it would have, I was thinking as you were reading that, um, I think it was, I think they're late, late to the party with this. This would have been really awesome. Like during the height of the season, like if you could have done this back when like Beth died or maybe right. like Lori died and then you were watching it with other people and you got the legit reaction or the uh, one where Negan, you know, ended up nailing Abraham and then turn around and taking out Glenn and you would have been like, oh, <laughs> you know that would have been the reactions would have been great i don't know about going back and watching it because you know what happens i mean right the the the, the, sh the shock and awe element of it's gone you already know the story could it work for the last season or this uh the final episode they're going to stretch into two episodes or whatever um yeah I, that would be actually pretty fun to watch because you know they're going to kill off some characters um, spoiler alert, it won't be Daryl and it won't be Carol. <laughs> As I'm just, know. I'm just telling you because AMC's already chose to spoil that for us. Yep. So, um, I just late to the party, but you know, still cool. So that for the diehards that are still in love with this show and it can do no wrong, there are a lot of spinoff shows coming up yeah. with the walking dead, hence the universe. So, um, I think that's going to be really great for the fan base. However, 
I wouldn't consider myself a diehard Walking Dead guy anymore. I I like the show, but it spun off into too many weird things for me. It's just yeah, see, it is yeah. Is. They should have wrapped up the original series a couple seasons ago. Uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. I haven't watched since season two. Uh, this new one might be interesting, and you know, if if it is as good as I hope it is then it might be an opportunity to jump on this uh, Walking Dead Universe Twitch channel. But other than that, I agree with you. I think it's a little too late when, you know, it was at the height of its popularity. That would have been yes. perfect as opposed to, you know, maybe the Talking Dead where they talk about the episode afterwards, but there's no real fan interaction. Yeah, when I love Talking Dead with Hardwick after yeah. that, that was always one of my favorite things to watch, especially after a a shocking episode. I mean, it was nuts because usually that person that got whacked was the guest, and, <laughs> and they and they were good. They didn't spoil who the guest was going to be, so um, it, it's uh, it's just one of those things that it's just disappointing in some sense of uh, just too little, too late. And uh, sorry, I was reading. Um, it's not about the surviving the walkers anymore. It's about surviving the evil guy or the next right. bad guy. Yeah, I agree, uh, Lace. That's uh, um, and we welcome the interaction. If you're watching live, please yeah. chime in Facebook. Uh, you can text us, whatever. Or we'll read your comments. Um, yeah, that's what this seems to be the focus. Like, and that's now it's just no no big thing. You have like 10 million walkers. No big deal. We'll get through that. I, but I'm worried about the one bad guy over there. Right. And that's what it's always been to some degree is, you know, what's worse, the monsters that are trying to, uh, you know, eat you as a horde or the human monsters that, uh, you know, are, are, are doing things that you can't fathom. But they did a nice balance before of the two, whereas now it's, you know, the, the walkers are just sort of an afterthought. They're just sort of a nuisance. And uh, you're right. It's it's concentrating on, on the one guy. And, you know, you might not even make it a zombie show at this point just because they are a little bit of an afterthought. Yeah, they're just kind of there anymore. It's not it should have been one of those shows that should have just been limited. They could have kept making new different series, but the original one should have just been limited. right. New characters, yeah. new timelines, whatever it may be. But uh, I mean, we do see the original one wrapping up, but not till 2022. So it's going to be yeah. a while, but uh, in any case, we'll move on from the walking dead to our next uh, story here. Now, uh, DC Fandom, we talked about the first one that they did uh, last month in August. And uh which which was great you know it was a lot of fun there was a lot of great uh, uh tv news there was some video game news and of course the movie news that came out of it well they did part two not this past weekend but two weekends ago on the 12th and there was a lot of tv specific news that came out of that so i wanted to run down some of the tv news that came through there for instance the show pennyworth which uh, i want to say is on epics um it's not a streaming service or channel that I'm a part of, but uh, apparently it's pretty good. Well, the big scoop for season two is that Martha Kane is pregnant. Yes, Martha Kane is actually Martha Wayne, hence it can be uh, true to say she has a bat in the oven. Doom Patrol, which is on HBO Max, it made the leap from DC Universe to HBO Max, has already been renewed uh, for a third season. I haven't got into that one yet, but it looks like a lot of fun. DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which is on uh, the CW, in the series' upcoming sixth season, the Wave Rider uh, will be picking up a brand new passenger as Lizeth Chavez joins the cast as alien authority Esperanza Spooner Cruz. 
not familiar with that comic book character. Esperanza Spooner Cruz! <laughs> Young Justice, the fourth season is getting an upgrade title, titled Young Justice Phantoms. It has nothing to do with the Ben Affleck movie, and he was the bombs and phantoms, yo. Affleck, you're the bomb and phantoms, yo. <laughs> Remember uh, that time when we went to see uh, Jay Leno's Tonight Show and uh, you dared me to say it? And, and you I did. It, and I got booted out? Yep. Good times. Good times. And Both, well, I've, I'm probably the only guy that, well, definitely the only two times we've gone to Tonight Shows. What happened to me both times? <laughs> I got in trouble with the Tonight Show staff. Both times. And then uh, Lucifer, which looks like uh, has one more season uh, getting ready to go. I know it's Tony's new favorite show. They recently released a uh, season four blooper reel, which is always fun. I got to take the time to go back and check it out. But uh, I know you've been binge watching it like crazy, Tone. Yep. It changes flavor. You can tell when uh, season four starts because that's when it went to Netflix. Uh, the continue the the continuity. I can't say that word. Right? Continuity. Yeah, the continuity between that, the whole storyline all flows nicely, but you can tell the flavor is a little different. Uh, and not that it's bad, but there's just, uh, they could get a little edgier now because they're on Netflix. Right. But, uh, but man, it is a, uh, this is a good show. And they're wrapping it up with the season six. So that'll be the final one. So at least we know that there's an ending, but this blooper reel is great. A lot of F-bombs. So if, <laughs> if you're offended by the F-word, probably don't watch it right. but it's just damn good because it's like real life it's like when they screw up the lines they're not afraid to mess it but yeah. uh yeah it's uh lucifer's a bitching show man it's good <laughs> it's really good well i know that's the dc show that you've been binging on the dc show i've been binging on is harley quinn that's the uh, animated series that's on hbo max it was originally on dc universe but they're going away from the scripted series, keeping DC Universe as more of a comic book resource. And luckily, all of those properties are coming over to HBO Max. So much fun. It's an R-rated, raunchy, bloody, animated uh, comedy that, uh, you know, obviously the, the continuity isn't in anywhere in the canon of uh, the normal Batman universe. But uh, they take some liberties. They have a little bit of fun. The voice cast is amazing. And uh, just a funny, funny show if you like raunchy, raunchy comedy. Well, Harley Quinn has been renewed for a third season at HBO Max, of course, rather than DC Universe. The news comes after Warner Brothers officially announced Friday that DC Universe will no longer be home to scripted original series and will instead transition to solely a comic book subscription service called DC Universe Infinite. Now, Harley Quinn, as I mentioned, is an adult animated series starring Kaylee Cuoco as the DC anti-heroine. The show has received strong reviews for its first two seasons, which recently became available on HBO Max. Along with Cuoco, the show also features the voices of Lake Bell, Alan Tudyk, Ron Funches, Tony Hale, Jason Alexander, and J.B. Smoove. The series was developed by Justin Halpern, Patrick Schumacher, and Dean Lowry, who also serve as executive producers along with Cuoco. And so, uh, you know, again, it, worth checking out, especially knowing now that there's a third season on the horizon and uh, just just more hilarity will ensue. Tony, have you had a chance to check it out yet? 
No, I need. Uh, I'm gonna steal a line from our old co-host. If anyone's got a DM to the HBO Max, just want to slide it in. <laughs> be more welcome to watch it with that. No, I don't have HBO Max. Um, I may know a guy I, who knows a guy. Uh, if you know what I mean. You know a guy that knows a guy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I might be able to afford it here soon because uh, what if Verizon just had a smoking deal with their plans. Um, if you change, they have like now a all all you can watch pass, and it's actually five bucks cheaper than I was paying. Nice. So starting next month, I'll have uh, Hulu, Disney Plus, and uh, ESPN Plus all included with my phone bill. Um, I'm paying five less, and I have it for the entire time I have a contract with Verizon. So it's uh, it's just rolled into my phone bill every month. So Can't and that. It saves me five bucks. Yeah, no. Yeah. Got me some new streaming, you know, so <laughs> yeah, it, gotta love that. It's funny because uh, even with all of the streaming services that I'm a part of, it's still less than paying for cable. So absolutely nothing wrong there. Well, moving on from the world of DC over to the world of Marvel television. So Marvel television had a good setup on Netflix streaming service for a while. Characters like the Punisher, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Jessica Jessica Jones all had their own shows on Netflix, and most of them were brought together in the crossover series The Defenders. But then things fell apart, and as Disney-owned Marvel started focusing more on developing shows for their Disney Plus streaming service, well, Netflix started canceling their Marvel shows. Part of the deal between Marvel and Netflix was that Marvel would be able to use the characters from the shows for a period of two years, although some heard it was 18 months after the shows were canceled. Thankfully, the two years were nearly up for all of them. Marvel will already have access to Luke Cage and Iron Fist again as of next month, and the others won't be far behind. Uh, of greatest interest to uh, is Marvel having the option to revive The Punisher in film or television as of next February, since Marvel canceled The Punisher in February of 2019. Of course, just because Marvel will be able to use these characters again doesn't mean they're going to jump right on it, but we can hope. But then the question is, when we see the characters again, will there be any connection to their Netflix shows? My answer is... I think there might be. Now, I saw an article uh, about a week ago that Charlie Cox was in talks to, uh, you know, pick up the Daredevil mantle again under the MCU, whether that's in movies or television. And if they do that, then there's a good likelihood that we'll see uh, John Bernthal as Punisher again and, and uh, Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones. Um, I'm My fingers are crossed that they'll bring these characters back and... and weave them into the MCU considering they were already weaved into the MCU for the Netflix shows. Yeah, I think they're great. I would love to have them back. I, I could do without uh, about Iron Fist. I, I, I don't need him back. Well, you know. Yeah. One, but, one but stinker out of the lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was the only one that was kind of meh. But Luke Cage was even badass. I liked him oh, too. Mike Coulter, he did a great Luke Cage. Um, you know, and some of the villains that they had were fantastic. Uh, the one standout was uh, the Purple Man, uh, Kilgore from uh, Jessica Jones season one. Oh, Kilgore was great. Oh, yes. So good. So with any luck, we will see them on the MCU side of things. But uh, as we get that information, we'll update you guys. It's just a matter of time. Now, uh, something that we do know is coming to Disney+. Plus. Disney confirmed Wednesday that Marvel's WandaVision is still coming to their... Wanda! <laughs> coming to their Disney Plus streaming service this year. 
there was a lot of um, you know thought that it would be pushed back. But uh, while there had been some concern that the series, which brings the Avengers franchise stars Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany as Wanda Maximoff and Vision, <laughs> respectively, might be pushed to 2021 due to production and release disruptions caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. The press release and video for what's coming to Disney Plus later this year confirms WandaVision remains on their slate in 2020. And there's a new uh, trailer that they dropped for WandaVision that looks weird and disorienting, and I don't know how it's all going to play together, but it's a lot of throwback to old uh, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s television. Yeah, what did you get from that trailer, Tony? Anything you can sort of pinpoint on the fate of the characters? We know Vision died in Infinity War. How all this is going to play into the larger MCU? Yeah, I don't know how it's all going to play in the MCU. I, I'm kind of just guessing like they're inside Vision's head. Like that's just kind of maybe they're trying to bring him back, and it's just like the circuits in his head, and that's what you're seeing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, is definitely interesting. I do like the little nod to the old school comic book outfits that both him and Scarlet Witch are wearing. Oh, totally. Um, I like that. And I, I don't know. I'll be watching it. It's very cool to see that we're finally getting, uh, you know, the Avengers that we know and love and from the, you know, from the big movies to actually be on these shows. Now, granted, they're not going to be like long-term sitcoms or series. No. They just, they're just bonus stories that kind of tie everything to uh, phase uh, phase four. Are we go. It is. Yep. Yeah. Phase four. So um, it's very cool. I really liked it. Um, not sure what to expect of it, but the trailer's out. It's it's different. It looks. I mean, I'm excited to watch it. But uh, yeah, it looks different. Yeah, and folks, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Proton Pack Podcast. It's on there. It's on there. Let us know what you think. You know, if there's anything you grab from it that uh, really sort of stands out to you. But uh, knowing that this is coming in 2020, obviously that makes way for the next series, which is series, which is Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then uh, we've got Loki coming after that. And so I'm I'm glad to see that things are kind of back on track as far as the MCU timeline goes. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, interesting trailer. Definitely watch it. Um, I think you'll I think you'll be happy with it. You'll at least be in, intrigued by it. Yeah, and it was a nice little drop. We weren't expecting to see the trailer. It kind of came out of the blue, and uh, it looks interesting. Now, speaking of other trailers that came out recently that uh, are really sort of exciting us is uh, The Mandalorian. So sticking with Disney+, Plus, but heading over to the Star Wars side of things. Star Wars and Baby Yoda. We got. I like those odds. We got a. This is the way. <laughs> we got a trailer for season two of The Mandalorian, giving a little insight into what we're going to see without uh, spoiling anything in particular. Now, we know that uh, it is coming Friday, October 30th, which is just a little over a month from now. Uh, we're going to see characters we know and love along with some new characters, uh, perhaps uh, Boba Fett, uh, Rosario Dawson as ah Ahsoka Tano. Um, not much more to say other than, uh, you know, this uh, trailer gave me some good goosebumps and uh, looking forward to watching it the day it's dropped on October 30th. Oh, absolutely. And they're going to do Mando Mondays, so they're going to be uh, hyping it up leading up to there. So Very cool. Um, what I was going to say, too, is I thought that was Asaka Tano, like, in the trailer, and I saw it when I watched the trailer again. That definitely wasn't her. No. No. 
But it was maybe another Jedi was, character or Sith character. We don't know. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah, no. All I know is I'm excited. It looks awesome. I agree. And we've got that posted up on our Facebook page, too, so you can watch it there. Chime in. Let us know what you think. Now, that does it for the TV news. Before we get to the weekend box office, let's talk about some Blu-ray releases that are dropping tomorrow, the 22nd. I don't think we have a soundbite for Blu-ray releases, do we? Uh, We're just going to do this. This is your Blu-ray release. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. I was thinking maybe uh, blue dot and D dot and blue and dot and D dot and. Oh, there you go. I don't know. Okay. Well, it's no surprise that Blu-ray releases, there's nothing from new movies that are coming out. So there's a lot of uh, digital remasters, Blu-rays that we hadn't seen before, and uh, TV series that, uh, you know, their collections are, are being released. For instance, you have DC's Legends of Tomorrow, the complete fifth season, dropping on Blu-ray. Ooh. You have Brandon Lee's The Crow, which is probably the one and only good crow. I wasn't a big fan of the mm-hmm. uh, sequels. The sequels were terrible. Okay. You have the Rob Zombie trilogy of House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and Three from Hell. Uh, Three from Hell being the only one of those that I haven't seen yet, Tony. Have you? No, I didn't see. You know what's funny? I didn't even see the Devil's Rejects either. So no, no I kidding. only saw House of a Thousand Corpses. I, it was okay. I don't know. I'm not... I'm not a real, I like Rob Zombie as an artist, but I'm not really big on his movies. Yeah, The House of a Thousand Corpses was a little more supernaturally, whereas Devil's Reject was more just a straight up like murder spree. And I assume that Three from Hell kind of continued along those lines. So I was going to say that one almost was like a split. I thought that was a sequel to that directly. Well, they're all sequels of one another. So uh, they're all in the same universe, same characters, but uh, the last two are a little less supernatural than House of a Thousand Corpses. Gotcha. Remember when we went through the House of a Thousand Corpses in California? Yeah, with the uh, giant inflatable uh, vagina we had to enter vagina through. Vagina that walked through? Yeah, that was, that was awesome. <laughs> Those were it was a, a hell of a good time, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of scary movie collections on get in my belly that was delayed. that was that was a delayed one <laughs> on blu-ray and digital you have the scream three movie collection they didn't include scream i call 4. bs on that because i've had that blu-ray that same exact one i've had it for three years well this has bonus documentaries oh no so does mine <laughs> you have uh... exactly the same one and why the hell isn't scream four on there right ah that sounds like a cash grab to me yeah. On 4K, you've got Full Metal Jacket. Great movie. Fantastic movie. Gomer. Yeah, that was a really good movie. Yep. Uh, Copland, which was actually a really good Stallone movie, uh, has uh, Harvey Keitel, my buddy Ray Liotta, and Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah. Worth checking out. Uh, Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. Um, Do we have a problem? <laughs> I remember when I was younger and a teenager, it was hilarious. I don't know if it still holds up. No, but it does say on the box art that it's hilarious. Okay. All right. (laughs) A Wayne's Brothers movie. Uh, You have Whiplash, which might as well be a psychological thriller. That's the Drummond movie. Drummond starts to blow. Miles Teller's thrashing all around. Different Whiplash tone. (laughs) J.K. Simmons is acting like a maniac. That is true. 
And then finally, <laughs> finally, you had uh, Rick and Morty season four collection. So if you're a Rick and Morty fan, go ahead and check that out on Blue. I like Rick and Morty, man. It's a, it's a weird show. I like it. Though. I've had a hard time getting into it. I, I don't know if the humor is just not quite right for me. Yeah, it's a it's a weird show. It is a weird show. But uh, in any case, that does it for Blu-ray releases. Oh, you didn't want to talk about Christ stopped at Ebola? I have no idea. I, I have nothing to contribute <laughs> you, to that. You so. just like stopped. You're like, eh. And then you see Wanda and Vision smiling right next to it. Yep. You're like, yeah, I'm going to skip that. Okay. Yeah. Hey, but uh, we won't get to do next week's, but uh, looks like Mallrats is getting another re-release like for the third umpt time. Yeah. Yeah. For the longest time, you couldn't even find it on uh dvd ah. you could only find it on Shoot, vhs because yeah. we won't have a show next week so the following week you can go see the elephant man man <laughs> mall rats yep. ghost ship if you remember that movie jaws it's a the three movie collection it's jaws two three and four all crappy sequels why not include the original grab. right Yes, Cash Grab and Wicked City, which uh, I don't know anything about that, but there you go. Who knows? All right. Well, that does it for the Blu-ray releases. Let's move into movie movies and talk about the box office report for what that's worth. Go ahead and hit it, Tone, if you've got that button. Good evening. It's time for the Filippo Fast Five. <laughs> just, just kidding. I'm kidding. Well, it's funny. You're... Uh... I don't know if you've got a setting out of whack on your zoom tone, but sometimes when you do your uh, your sound drops, it mutes it out, thinking that something else is coming through. So we'll figure it out. Yeah, we got. I have no time. idea, brother. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's no surprise that the sci-fi thriller Tenet continues trying to make the best of a bad situation. Once again, taking in the top spot at the box office for a third weekend at an estimated $4.7 million. So uh, bringing the domestic total up to 36.1. Doesn't say what the overseas, let's see, uh, worldwide we're looking 250 million. So they're getting close to probably making their money back at this point. But of course, it's probably not what they expected when they went into production expecting you know, big audience, big movies and, you know, huge markets like Los Angeles and New York and Detroit being able to uh, go see it. So it's making its money back, but but nothing to, to write home about. That's for sure. No, they probably in hindsight should have pushed it back just like everything else. Yep. Uh, number two at the movies was The New Mutants with another 1.6 million, bringing its domestic total to 17.7. Um, probably one again. If you hadn't seen it in the opening weeks in theaters, wait till it hits uh, on demand, digital, yeah. streaming, whatever it may be. There was a new movie that opened I know nothing about called Infidel. Third place with 1.5 million. Uh, anything on your end with that one, Tom? Yeah, it's got Jim Caviezel. Ah, Jesus uh, himself. Jesus is in there, man. But as far as me knowing anything about it, nope. So I can't even give it a fart button or nothing. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> In fourth place, uh, the Road Rage th Thriller Unhinged with another 1.3 million, bringing it to 15.7 million. That's the it's... one movie that's probably done the best for itself based on oh. you know, production. Yeah, budget. it's crazy. I, I haven't even seen it. I still haven't gone to go see it. Uh, in fifth place, the Broken Hearts Gallery. Again, don't know anything about it with 800,000. We have uh, it's a romance flick, I think, and it's got the 
the bad boy in it from uh stranger things oh okay all right right up your alley like, Tony. but now but he like cut his hair and it's now a romance flick yeah. i could be wrong i'm pretty sure that's what that one is all right sixth place we had after we collided with three hundred and five thousand dollars um again teen melodrama that's all it says about it we have the spongebob movie sponge on the run in seventh place with two hundred and ten thousand uh, number eight, Bill and Ted face the music with 188,000. And then finally in ninth place, there's not even a 10th place because there's not that many movie. <laughs> the uh, personal history of David Copperfield with $150,000. So uh, that's your box office report. Taking a look, uh, what do we have coming up? Anything opening in theaters? We have, uh... Excellent! No, it was supposed to be Greenland, uh, but uh, it got delayed. So your upcoming theatrical releases, uh, unfortunately, are very limited. And I saw advertisements for the Crudes too mm -hmm. uh, during Monday Night Football tonight. So, uh, and that's going to be in both theaters and premium video on demand. So if you don't want to take your kids out of the house, yeah. you don't have to. Yeah, the Kingsman got pushed. Greenland got pushed. I don't even know if there's this movie Ava coming out with Jessica Chastain. Uh, Rogue with Megan Fox already came on demand, so I don't think that's going to theaters. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Jiminy Christmas. Like, I don't even know if October has anything. Let's see. Scrolling. Nothing. Nothing on the, yep. the docket. They continue to push wow. things back. And actually, we're going to talk about a couple of those pushbacks here in just a minute. So uh, in any case... Oh. Yeah, okay. the next the next one shows is you'll be on the week with Adam Sandler. He's gonna be on Netflix on October seventh. Uh, he'll be Halloween with Adam Sandler. Yeah. And not even in the theater, so not even in the movie theater because it's so good. They go be on Netflix. <laughs> well, that does it for the box office report. Uh, Tony, get that button ready and let's head on into the movie news. Let's do this, Doug. All right, well, kicking off the movie news, uh, talking a little bit about the box office. If the, math, if the math adds up, then the following report contains some interesting data as it pertains to the U.S. movie release model. It appears that Mulan has pulled in more money to date with its U.S. premium Disney Plus video-on-demand model with a price tag, hefty price tag of $29.99 than Tenet's entire overseas box office haul. Now, nothing is official here since the Mulan VOD numbers aren't out for all to see just yet, but Yahoo is currently reporting huge numbers for Mulan, saying that nearly 29% of U.S. Disney Plus users that accessed the app between September 1st to September 12th, purchased the $30 Mulan film. Given this, it would appear that Mulan has pulled in $261 million for the U.S. markets alone. Disney reports that the streaming platform has over 60 million global subscribers. If, that's, uh, if it's assumed that U.S. households make up 50% of that total base, then roughly 9 million users bought Mulan total. Now, meanwhile, per Variety, Tenet crossed the 250 million mark this weekend globally. It's in the U.S. with limited releases and theaters at limited capacity. That the film is struggling the most as it earned 4.7 million, as we reported, bringing the North American total to 36.1 million to date. 
Now, Tony, before the whole Mulan video on demand release, we had some concerns about the price point, but it doesn't look like that uh, really turned people away from uh, buying the movie and uh, ooh, maybe dooming the uh, movie theater markets if this thing continues on for too much longer. Uh, yeah, man, this is actually kind of, I can now actually, I didn't think I'd be able to say this, but uh, I, I think I see Black Widow going this route. Uh, I don't even know if uh, Black Widow, they may still make it to theaters. I don't know. But after seeing the success of this, I mean, I, I really didn't think people would buy it at $30. But I didn't either. They're doing it, obviously. <laughs> they're making their money. Um, and Mulan is one of... I guess if you, if you justify taking a family of four, this all goes back to taking groups of families. 30 bucks is a great deal when you think about it. It's just for somebody like myself or you, I mean, 30 bucks is steep for a movie. Right. Just for one of and us or even like, a, a, yeah, and if, two of us to watch together. Yeah. Even if it's, even if it's not good, then you sure you can watch it again. But if it's bad, oof, right. You just paid 30 bucks to own this uh, wolf of a movie. So, <laughs> well, and you know, Mulan is one of those movies that sort of toes the line between uh, family kid movie and adult movie, you know, big blockbuster. And, you know, I had said before that, you know, Trolls World Tour, when it was the first premium video on demand movie, that probably did well because of the fact that it's a kid's movie. Parents don't want to take the kids out. It's easy enough to do that. Mulan's a little bit, uh, you know, more of an adult movie, but at the same time, it's not, you know, the adult big action blockbuster that like Tenet is. I don't know if Tenet would fare so well being straight premium video on demand because it's not a movie I would necessarily buy for my living room. No. Now, if you got a good price for it, then maybe. Because if you think about it, if you released it at 20 bucks, you'd probably drive some sales. Now, if you did Black Widow at 30 bucks, you're going to get the Marvel fan base. Obviously, if it's something I'm going to own, if I can get it in 4K, watch it anytime, then I'll probably pay it because I typically buy the just the Marvel hard case movies, which are close to that anyways, right. but it comes with the digital and physical copy. Um, so it wouldn't be out of the realm to pay it. So I would just look at it as like, oh, cool, I get to own it and I'm going to have to watch it at home for yeah. I have to wrap my brain around actually not going to the theater to see it. But, well, and uh, Black Widow would be a tough one just because I'm a Marvel fan. And if that's the only way to see it, then yeah, I'm probably going to shell out 30 bucks. Yeah, exactly. But if it's... Unless you know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. Right. <laughs> but... And then, but you know, if you want it in that true crisp 4K format, then... Yeah, but if they released it uh, in both theaters and video on demand, then I'm getting my ass to the theater to watch it because that's a movie you oh, have absolutely. to see in that environment with the big surround sound. But uh, I don't know. I don't know uh, what movie theaters are going to look like past all of this and, uh, you know, if uh, they're just going to opt to go. It's so weird to me. It's open. We were so excited to get open, but, uh, you know, and, and I'm not judging anybody. I'm not. We just like our uh, radio show, this podcast, we don't talk politics. We don't talk BS. We don't judge anybody. No. It just, you know, a lot of us like to go to movies and obviously not everybody's ready to go back to the theaters yet. And it was pretty adamant every time i went it was pretty dead yeah 
So same. It wasn't, it wasn't a packed house. Yeah. So we will see, but we'll keep you guys updated. Now, moving on from uh, Mulan and Tenet and box office to uh, a little bit smaller screen, smaller budget, and our buddy Kevin Smith. Well, it looks like Ben Affleck has actually requested a bigger role in Kevin Smith's Mallrat sequel, which uh, Tony just mentioned is getting another digital redo. Snoochie boochie noochies. That you can pick up next week. So uh, Kevin Smith is in the process of developing a sequel to Mallrats that is slated to bring much of the original cast back, including Ben Affleck, who played Shannon Hamilton in the first film, the arch enemy of Brody Bruce, played by Jason Lee, who also happens to be dating Bruce's ex-girlfriend. Now, Mallrats was one of Affleck's first major films, and the actor would go on to star in, or at least cameo, in several of Kevin Smith's other movies. But they had something of a falling out that left many of Smith's recent projects Affleckless. The pair have since reunited with Affleck even making a cameo appearance in Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and it would seem that Affleck has personally requested a bigger role in the Mallrats sequel. Now, Tony, you and I were obviously big Mallrats fans when it originally came out. Um, you know, seeing Affleck go on to bigger things, have, you know, even his career kind of exploded, died, exploded again. Uh, it'll be good to see him. Now, my only hope is that uh, Kevin Smith sort of avoids the pitfalls of what he ran into with uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Um, you know, really just making it a nostalgia fest as opposed to, you know, a new story, keeping it fresh, having fun with it. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Are you looking forward to a Mallrat sequel tone? No, I'm going to say no. Wow. I, I first, yeah, I'm not really... Uh, the reason why is because like you said it best, Jane Silent Bob reboot. It was just okay. Dumb and Dumber Two was just okay. Um, Bill and Ted Three, while I did enjoy it, wasn't wasn't as good as the other two in my opinion. But that's okay. For some people, it is. Um, and I loved Mallrats. I think Mallrats was fantastic. Yeah. Um, will I watch it? Sure. Am I excited that they're, they're they are going to do it? Yeah, but. I just don't have high hopes for it. I just, I think it's going to fall in those pitfalls of just movies that wait too long to do it. Now, it's not always true for everything. Bad Boys 3 is an exception to the rule. Oh, yeah. Because that is good. I agree, Lacey. The Mall Rats, she's excited. Um, I, it did have the best storyline. It was it was awesome. It was funny. It really tied the View Askew universe uh, close. Mm -hmm. Okay, that one I'd be excited for. She chimed in and said Clerks 3. Yeah. Sign me up for Clerks. I'd be down with Clerks 3 because Clerks 2 is fantastic. Oh, totally. So, yeah, I'd be down with a Clerks 3 versus Mallrats. But if, if, if we have some fun with it, we'll see. <laughs> now, I do have this to say about Kevin Smith's movies. Even with Jay, Jay and Silent Bob reboot, his comedies are way better than the horror movies that he has attempted. Yeah, I don't want to see no Tusky Rusky, man. No, no Tusk 2, no Red State 2. So I guess if we are getting a Kevin Smith sequel, Mallrats is probably the best way to go. Unless I'm it's happy that 3. they are. Yeah, this one was actually supposed to come together a while ago. Do you remember before Jay and Silent Bob reboot, he had like everybody back. He had Stan Lee back. He had Everybody but Affleck was the only one he didn't have. Yeah, as far as I understand, it went through some um, rights issues because New Line Cinema still own part of the rights. and so. But I yeah. think he's got everything back in his camp now. So uh, we'll That's see. Good. And with any luck, it, uh, it won't be the 
like I said, Jane Silent Bob reboot started out so well and then just sort of fizzled by the end. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. It was still fun. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on to the world of DC news. And, of course, movies being pushed back. It's no surprise that uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is now set to premiere in December, one week after Dune. So the dun, 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 the inevitable has happened, folks. Warner Brothers is pushing the release of Wonder Woman 1984 from its October 2nd release to December 25th. Yes, Christmas Day. Direct the way you said October, you made me think of the uh, three nipple lady from Mallrats. <laughs> Somewhere between this and October. <laughs> nice Sorry, little, I digress. Nice little call. You took there. me. You took me back. Sorry, brother. I got distracted. And hopefully this it's is the third. It's the third nipple. It gets them every time. <laughs> hopefully this is the last time that we see the movie move. But uh, says Patty, uh, director Patty Jenkins says, first and first, uh, first and foremost, words are hard, folks. First and foremost, let me say how much Gal and I love and I love all our devoted Wonder Woman fans around the world and your excitement for Wonder Woman 1984 couldn't make us happier and more eager for you to see the movie. Because I know how important it is to bring this movie to you on a big screen when all of us can share in the experience together. I'm hoping you won't mind waiting just a little bit longer. With the new date on Christmas Day, we can't wait to spend the holidays with you. And then uh, Warner Brothers chairman Toby Emmerich added, Patty Jenkins is an exceptional filmmaker. And with Wonder Woman 1984, she has delivered an incredibly dynamic film that moviegoers of all ages around the world will absolutely love. We're very proud of the film and look forward to bringing it to audiences for the holidays. So, you know, we'll wait. I guess I got to wait. December, you know, isn't too yeah. far away. Yeah. At least it's been. No, it's not <clears> too far. Yeah. Yeah. Five days after your birthday. I think it looks good. I, I really was surprised. The first Wonder Woman was enjoyable. It was. Um, I saw that in Kearney, Nebraska with the Yendras, and uh, it was a great, great movie. I I enjoyed it. Um, Actually, I saw it with Mike. Lacey didn't go. Um, but I digress. The, uh, um, the new movie looks just, I like that it takes place in the eighties. I'm curious to see how they bring back Chris Pine's character. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a it, it, DC's on the right track. And I think it's smart. I think marketing wise, it, it's really good. It gives you something to watch on Christmas day, man. That's right. tradition. Right. Yeah. Now at the same time, if they had done like a Thanksgiving holiday release, I think that would have been a little bit better than pushing it two months back. But you know, yeah. it's my whole black widow holds true and just opens on Thanksgiving. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Fingers crossed that that's the case, but, uh, in any case, you know, we'll we'll see it eventually, whether it's on video on demand in theaters, but uh, we will keep you updated as we know. Now, finally, Woo! moving on to our final story in movie news, which is a little bit of video game news as well. Well, this news has come out of nowhere, but it's been confirmed that a new Super Mario movie is in the works and set to be released on the big screen in 2022. Believe it or not, the... <laughs> 
This announcement was unearthed by Games Radar in Nintendo's Mario Corporate Management Policy Briefing. That's the delayed sound effects there. The the report confirms that the CG Super Mario movie is scheduled for theatrical release in 2022 and that production is moving ahead smoothly. There's some top-tier talent working behind the scenes, including Mario creator Shigeru Miyamoto, who also dreamt up Donkey Kong and Zelda, and the founder of Illumination, Chris Melodandry, and uh, of course it's the studio behind the Minions movies, Despicable Me, among others. Um, Something we knew was sort of in the works, didn't know if it was official, we know it's official. Super Mario, (laughs) what the (laughs) hell? I did not hit that one. Oh my gosh, it's coming off the rest. I didn't touch that one, I don't know what that was, I'm just glad it... I'm glad I didn't play one that says Mama Effer or Mario Effer. <laughs> Probably <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a Mario and I'm a gonna win. But in, it, <laughs> in any case, like I said on uh, the Christian Phoenix radio show, this can't be any worse than that garbage Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, 1984 Super Mario movie. I'm looking forward to this. You, Tom? Here we go! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that was definitely the wrong soundbite. Thank. This is why it's good to not hit these freely because you don't know what the hell they're going to be. But yeah, I'm excited for it, man. <laughs> Especially if it's done by Illumination, yeah. it's going to be really good, really good. Yeah, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll get some good vo- voice talent out of it. Uh, you know, Super Mario Luigi—they got to sound like Super Mario and Luigi. You can't have uh, Owen Wilson doing Super Mario. You, Find somebody who can yeah. do a good version. Hey, Luigi, we gotta, we gotta get the princess. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, um, it's gotta be. I, it, there's only one voice for Mario. It's gotta be Charles Marinette. I agree. Um, it can't be anybody else. Or Tony Sanfilippo. Just saying, Illumination Studio. If you're listening, yeah, by all means, reach out. I can do other characters. Yeah, but it's gotta be Charles because he does that and Luigi. Yeah. Yeah. We will. <laughs> so as we get more information, we will let you guys know. But that does it for TV news. Let's uh, go ahead and uh, go into our final segment of the show. We're talking video game news. If you have that button ready, and it's not some weird poll. It's not some weird uh, surprise, mother lover. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's loading. Sorry, homie. <laughs> best laid plans yeah well I was trying to get back over to it and it's just not low but here we go maybe yeah you know eventually I'll play hey man you want to play some video games hey man you want to play some video games great Scott Carol by asking, <laughs> hey, all you cool cats and kids. Uh, it wouldn't be a Proton Pack show if it wasn't late and we weren't having technical difficulties. Yeah. But that's the way it Why goes. of all things, man? This thing's been off all day and uh, it's just delayed. I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, 
I'll play with the soundboard and put it on something much more stronger than the iPad, I guess. The iPads. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, one of the things we talked about uh, last show, which was about two weeks ago, we were excited for Super Mario 3D All-Stars to come out on the Nintendo Switch, which included uh, Mario 64, uh, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy. Well, since then, it has been released uh, this last Friday. We knew it was a limited release, so Tony and I both ran out and got it as quickly as we could. Brought it back, had a chance to play with it. I know, Tony, you dove into uh, a little bit of each game, whereas I decided to uh, start from the beginning and start with Super Mario 64. Want to get your impression first before I give folks my impression? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can tell you this game is getting critically panned by fanboys. They're bitching about this game um for me however i really i i'm i'm a fan of 64 sunshine and galaxy um i think 64 definitely shows its age um what what was cool in 97 doesn't necessarily hold up as well today um still i i still like the game i like that the textures are smoother mm -hmm. Um, so it does look like graphically a little updated, but not a whole lot. And it definitely has not aged well in that department. Now, I'm still going to play it and go on some Power Star hunts because that was Mario 64 is a fantastic game. Yeah. Um, got jumped into uh, a level of Mario Sunshine. The graphics in that game, the way they've upscaled it from 480p to 1080p, beautiful it's like replaying it for the first time the the cutscenes are still in 480 so those are a little on the wonky choppy graphics side but uh the actual gameplay is sharp it's not as sharp as odyssey the the switch game um but uh it's just it's fun the only thing i got to get used to again is the flood mechanic like the little water backpack okay it's kind of it's kind of harder to control on this than it was on the uh, GameCube because on the GameCube you could hit like uh, the little yellow button and you can angle better. This one's a little goofy control scheme wise, but uh, it was impressed with uh, what I played. And then lastly, uh, Mario Galaxy. What a beautiful game! Again, this thing upscaled from the Wii uh, from 480 to 1080p widescreen sharp man this game looks right on par with odyssey and so if you never got a chance to play galaxy you'll be playing this for the first time and what i like is there's a little mechanic you collect these little star pieces and you could use it as weapons and on the wii it was a little gimmicky you had to hold the wiimote in one hand and then the nunchuck in the other and that's how you had to play the game you had to use your wiimote to guide the star thing Ugh. Yeah, yeah, but you but you know as weird as weird as that sounds, it worked well. Um, but this you just use the pro controller, and the pro controller actually controls the little sensor there, controls your star guy, and you just hit the right trigger. So oh. so much better controls. Played the first uh, first couple levels of that game. Love it. Holds up fantastic. Can't wait to play through it. Uh, my only gripe on this, my only big bitch about this game is where the hell is Mario Galaxy 2? Right. It was. I don't understand why they didn't put that in this. Um, I kind of feel like the menu and like it, for being a Mario 35th anniversary, all the extra stuff, like you can listen to the soundtracks of 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy. Uh, kind of a hokey, hokey option, but that, kind of a lame start thing because it's all just the bottom. It's really tiny and chintzy, right. but... Uh, 
overall, is it worth the purchase? In my opinion, yes, it is. Especially if you go to Walmart, $49. Can't beat it. It's $59 everywhere else. Um, and it's just good throwback nostalgia. It's Mario. I mean, what's not to like? So I give it a thumbs up. I, I like it's worth the buy. And uh, it's three classic games. What's not to like? Exactly. I mean, I'm... I'm of the same thought that, uh, you know, they could have included Super Mario Galaxy 2 on, in there. My only guess there is that maybe they couldn't fit it onto the uh, the small disc itself. Um, and maybe it'll come out as a DLC option a little bit later on down the road for, I don't know, five bucks. I'd even pay ten bucks to add that on. Um, unlike you, I have started from the beginning, so I'm into Super Mario 64, which I was a little disappointed that it wasn't a uh, a remaster. I would have loved to have seen updated yes. graphics, and yeah, they upconverted it as much as they could, but it's still blocky and chunky, and, and gameplay, I mean, it's still about the same as I remember. Um, I just cruise through the first sets of levels just knowing... Back to the days of the 64 and going through, and now I've, you know, headed down into the basement levels, which are a little bit harder at this point, but um, still a lot of fun. Like you said, I, I'm looking forward to go into the, uh, you know, the star quests after going through, um, but I, I kind of want to just get through this one so that way I can move on to Sunshine and then Galaxy because I'm a little more linear with the way I like to play the games as opposed to hopping around. But, uh, yeah, it's not a lot of fun to hop around. I had to do it just to uh, just to try and see what they were like. But you'll be pleasantly happy at once you're through 64 into those other two. They, I really wish they would have redid 64 too. I agree with you. I wish they would have built it from the ground up, given us all new graphics, control mechanics, and that would have made it that much better. Right. And one of the wonky things about 64 was the uh, camera controls. So I still find myself yes. having to adjust the camera around to, you know, what's going to fit for a given obstacle, uh, which is a little wonky. But, uh, you know, now that I'm used to it again, it's it's easy enough to get back in there. And uh, it's good to know that I can't just beat it in one day. I can't just sit there and, you know, I spent probably about four hours on it um, thinking, oh, man, I'm, I'm cruising through these levels. But there's quite a bit more um so the replay bet value is going to be there and then i never played sunshine i never played galaxy um on those other systems so i'm looking forward to seeing those with fresh eyes and playing those so uh oh, you're in for a treat yeah great games man i give great it a thumbs games. up uh you know it'd be nice if it was a little less expensive but you know like you said tone with walmart uh, you know, at least you can get 10 bucks off and with any luck we'll get a dlc of galaxy 2 at some point down the road well worth it though. I'm 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 happy with it. Lacey and Mike like it as well. They said Lacey said that the only thing she didn't like about 64, she cannot wall jump to save her life on Mario. 64. It's tough. I mean, you have to hit that I, jump and again. The, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's the damn camera angle too that just kind of gets wonky. And I mean, if you small, if you find small gripes, they definitely did a cash grab on it. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a quick whip cash grab. It's not a well thought up compilation for sure. No, no, but no. you know what did we say? Uh, next, next spring we're getting um, Super Mario 3D World that comes 3D out in February. Yeah. yeah, and that's a hell of a great game from the uh, Wii U. 
And that's a fantastic 3D game. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's a good mix of side-scrolling and true 3D um, yeah. as well. So uh, I, I'm hoping they do another 3D kind of all-stars. What I'd like to see is obviously Galaxy 2 um, and give me the uh, Game Boy 3DS games kind of upscaled into sharper graphics. Like they had uh, they had the first uh, Super Mario World, but they had it, it was called super mario 3d land okay versus world and uh you and they brought back the raccoon suit from super mario 3 on it oh, very cool. now i never played that game and there's a lot of games like they had new super mario brothers 2 gold rush where it was all about collecting as many coins as you could get and i never played that game i'd love to play some obscure ones hell i'd even take little side ones you don't even have to upscale them much but you could throw the old school super mario land and land 2 uh, the six gold coins, those Game Boy games were sweet. They were a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. so moving on and actually speaking of 3DS, um, Nintendo has officially ended production of the Nintendo 3DS family of systems after 10 years. So as first reported by Japanese Nintendo, the confirmation appears on both Nintendo Japanese's website and the Nintendo 3DS UK page, bringing an end to the story of the handheld system that has sold more than 75.87 million units. Nintendo America's 3DS page now just simply redirects to the home. The Nintendo 3DS was first released in 2011 at $250 and was able to display stereoscopic 3D to the player without the need for 3D glasses. It launched uh, with games like Pilot Wings Resort, Steel Diver, and Nintendogs and Cats, and uh, new service like Street Pass and Spot Pass, but it didn't quite hit the mark at the start. Uh, I've owned a couple variations of 3DS over the years, but I can see why they're killing it tone just because the Nintendo Switch is essentially a handheld system and a, a full-on console all in one. Yeah, they did best of both worlds. They don't need to focus on doing dual software for two things. I mean, you think back, you go back after the life of Game Boy because... You know, it all started with Game Boy, and then it became a Game Boy Light, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance. Uh, and then Game Boy Advance, yeah, and Game Boy Advance was sweet for the time, mm -hmm. and that eventually morphed into a DS, and then it was a DS XL, and then it was all kinds of different variations of the DS, and uh, it was a bitch and sand. It was, it was the legitimate of the handheld. I just feel it is that time where you have mobile device phones, you've got the Nintendo Switch. There's not a need for an extra portable device anymore it just really isn't no and uh they but their quality games i'd love to see these games end up on the switch though oh, like totally. on a service um I, I and i was thinking this too like they remat they redid link's awakening which was a game boy game mm -hmm. i'd love to see that in a mario uh mario land one and two i'd like to see redone like that would be Absolutely. And then you can unlock the old school Game Boy game just for nostalgia, but I'd love to play it. Uh, a more updated uh, 3D modeled version would be sweet. Now, my question is, Tone, with them, you know, no more producing the 3DS, and we know that they're working on some sort of new version of the Switch um, for either next year or the following year, do you think that they're going to incorporate that stereoscopic 3D into the new version of the Switch? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I don't know about the 3D portion, but they're, I think they're going to put in some more fun technology that's innovative. It's very Nintendo. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think their big thing is uh, now that they have that the the light 
the the switch light as the one that's just on the go you can't dock it mm. uh, maybe maybe for that but not necessarily for the uh, house uh for the console docking one so okay all right fair enough now you mentioned uh you know if they could bring back some of the old uh, uh game boy games and or advance or 3d games what would you think if they included a new channel if you will for nintendo switch online like they have with the uh super nintendo and the nintendo games would love it um i think it's i like what they do now and what i love about this online service is you just pay the online service and you just get the games like you don't have to buy these games they're just there yeah and they don't go away they're just there um i would love it if they opened the doors and had if they brought the Nintendo 64 in the mix and the DS and the Game Boys and uh, I, I would love more more Nintendo stuff on there. Absolutely. Oh, I agree. And so along those lines, you know, uh, with Nintendo Switch Online, you know, each month they release a new slew of games. Uh, typically, there's going to be like one of the bigger titles and then a bunch of little ones as well. Well, uh, September 2020, which uh, was this year and was uh, actually set to release uh, in a couple days, their online SNES games are Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest, which was a fantastic game, uh, Mario Sip Super Picross, and uh, The Peacekeepers. And then on NES, you have Scat, the special cybernetic attack team. I don't think they fit. I'm the Scat Man! But all of these games will be available in two days from now, on the 23rd. Um, so if you enjoyed any of those games growing up um definitely check out donkey kong country 2 never never played scat mario pacross uh and uh the beat em up one never played that either nope and i really have zero interest in those compared to donkey kong country 2 which was a lot of fun. oh yeah diddy's kong was great yeah you know, it's more of that rare, you know, 3D version of Diddy Kong, but uh, you don't get to play as Donkey Kong now. You get to play as, um, oh, what was the female character's name? Um, Dixie Kong. Dixie Kong. Oh, are they allowed to call her Dixie Kong anymore? Dixie Kong, yeah. Like the Dixie, Dixie chicks are just now the chicks and... Yeah, yep, she's still Dixie Kong. Okay. <laughs> so uh, online subscribers, look out for those in the next couple days. Now let's move on from the world of Nintendo to the world of Sega. I wish I had, Sega. I know, I wish I had that soundbite on hand. And uh, not... Oh, Sonic. <laughs> and the funny thing is, not directly um, video game related, but actually a book. So uh, next year, Dark Horse Books will release Sonic the Hedgehog and Cyclospedia in celebration of the character's <laughs> 30th anniversary. See what you did there. Uh -huh. The book is currently available for pre-order from Amazon and will be written by Ian Flynn. Longtime fans of the Blue Blur should be familiar with Flynn's work. The writer previously worked on Sonic the Hedgehog series published by Archie Comics and writes the current mm. series from IDW Publishing. According to the listing, the book will cover the series from the days of Sega Genesis, through to the present with in-depth looks at the characters and series lore. And then, uh, of course, we will post an image of that on our uh, Facebook page if we have not done so already, because that's what Tony does. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Hey, in like Flynn, that's my favorite movie. <laughs> I was thinking more Flynn's Arcade from Tron, but... Uh, Ooh. In any case, you know, if you're a Sonic fan, and many are diehard Sonic fans, 
This is a... Oh, Sonic, the little adventures you'll go on. A must-have, and especially, uh, you know, I'm looking through on when the actual release date is. Uh, June 1st, 2021, so it won't be available for the holiday season. It's right around the corner, you know, it's like... It's almost it's almost like ten months away. You I know? know that's crazy that they put it for pre-order that early. Yeah, but um, I heard a lot of big things uh, for Sonic's thirtieth. They're going to be uh, announcing some new games and stuff like that in the next couple months. So that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and I, I, you can't really get excited for re-releases of Sonic. I mean, it's on every system imaginable. <laughs> it's hard not. Like to I wouldn't it. be surprised. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd almost wouldn't be surprised if somebody put Sonic on the uh, um, pregnancy test. Like uh, on the Phoenix <laughs> show we talked about, somebody putting Doom on the pregnancy test. Yep. Like, don't be surprised if you see a Pac-Man version, a Sonic version. <laughs> like while you're waiting for the baby, like to see if you're pregnant or not, Sonic's just running. <laughs> and if he's like, like he just dies and pops up. Right. Not pregnant, you know. <laughs> but uh, now all the rings explode. It makes the ring noise. Pregnant. Now, Tony, on a, a weird little side tangent, if you pull up Sonic the Hedgehog in Google, when it pulls up that little uh, side menu that tells you all about it, there is a, a little icon of Sonic on there. And if you click on it, he'll do his little super speed spin. And if you do it a couple times, he'll turn into the gold Sonic. Really? Yep. You don't have to try it. It's yep. just Sonic on Google, huh? The other one you'll want to try out is um, Ross Geller from Friends. And there's a little couch on there. And when you click on it, it, turn, <laughs> it turns the whole does, Google thing sideways. And then it pivots again. Does, and then pivot. And then pivot, pivot. And then <laughs> the little uh, icon breaks. Uh, it's... I'll have to find it. You just Google Sonic? Yeah. Just Google Sonic the Hedgehog. And it's right there on the right-hand uh, side of the page. But while Tony does that, uh, we'll move away from mm, Sonic and Sega. I'm curious by that Sonic, you say. Mm -hmm. Well, within the last week with our time off, uh, PlayStation has unveiled details about the PlayStation 5 and the two models, uh, pricing, release date. And so I uh, wanted to run down some of that uh, based on the showcase that uh, they provided. Now with the next gen console release window quickly approaching and Microsoft already a step ahead on the Series S and Series X price and release date announcements, the pressure was on Sony to deliver the last remaining details on the PS5 and PS5 digital editions. So PS5 is uh, going to be the full disc version, starts at $499.99, which is right on par with the Xbox Series X. And the cool thing about that is, is backwards compatible with PS4 games. What did they say about 99% of those tone? 99% PS4 backwards compatible. Uh, but then all the fanboys were disappointed to find out that three, two, and one were not compatible. Well, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, maybe down the road they'll they'll include that, but uh, you know, just the fact that it's backwards compatible to the PS4 is still a big step ahead from any generation before it. And then you've got the digital edition, which is three ninety nine ninety nine, which I believe is a hundred dollars more than the Xbox Series S. Yes. So uh, if you want the only pure digital version, well, you got to pay a little bit more. Uh, they also released some of the. Um, uh, launch games that'll be coming out. Uh, for instance, Final Fantasy 16, which looks 
absolutely beautiful. Uh, Spider-Man. Great graphics. Yeah, Miles Morales, which, uh, you know, if you're a fan of the PS4 Spider-Man game, this is a continuation of that. Again, looks beautiful. Gameplay is awesome. Uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy, which, eh, not super excited about. Call of Duty. No, but if you are, you if you're a Harry Potter fan, you might like it. You might, but the graphics don't look as great as I hoped they would be. Yeah. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, uh, which, I mean, it looks like a flat-out war movie. Looks very cool. Um, if you love the Resident Evil games, they've got Resident Evil Village, which is sort of a departure from the zombie-type games. Looks freaky as all hell. Uh, Death Loop. Have no idea what that game is or what it's about. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. Again, coming from, uh, um, was it Square Enix that made Devil May Cry? Capcom. Capcom. Uh, beautiful graphics. Surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Odds World, Soul Storm, and Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. I know the boys will like that. Um, we've got another other, you know, series of games that are coming out as well. But I'd say it's a good start, and it's set to launch on November 12th. So uh, yeah. less than a month the away. No, the thing less that than really two excites away, me, sorry. yeah, the thing that excites me was the PlayStation Plus collection. I oh, mean, yeah. that's like their take on the uh, uh, like the Xbox's uh, Game Pass because I mean, you can play God of War, Monster World Hunter, Final Fantasy Fifteen, Fallout Four, Mortal Kombat Ten, Uncharted Four, Ratchet and Clank, Days Gone. Oh man, this the list is long. Batman, Batman Arkham Knight, Knight, Battlefield One. The Last of Us, Resident Evil Seven. I mean, damn, and that's that's day one. Right, all upscaled PS4 games at no cost. Like if you have the service, there you go. You just exponentially have games just there. And plus, the load times are supposed to be a hell of a lot better. And uh, I I got pumped up. I'm I'm pumped up for a Sony system, man. I am too. You know, I I diverged from Xbox. Uh... Shortly after the Xbox One uh, moved over to PlayStation 4, was happy with it, but it wasn't great. Um, I am looking forward to this one, uh, though, you know, Xbox looks like it, it could be a, a worthy competitor as well. Yeah, Xbox is definitely uh, bringing the heat, man. Yep. And speaking of which, so uh, there's an article that came out that explains a little bit about how Xbox's backward compatibility will work. Um as reported by Eurogamer, Digital Foundry's Richard Ledbetter spoke to Microsoft about the Xbox Series S and how it will offer 1440p for uh, the original Xbox and enhanced 360 titles and two times performance on select, select Xbox One S titles as well. Original Xbox games will feature a three times boost to resolution on both uh, systems, meaning that titles targeting 480p on the original machine will hit a maximum of 1440p on Series S, presumably with a range of performance uh, benefits. So uh, it's nice that Xbox is going all the way back to the original system for backwards compatibility, upscaling the games. But at the same time, I, I think I'm still more excited about the PlayStation 5. I'm excited. So me having the reason why I stuck with the Xbox One is because I thought that all my digital games were going to come over and they didn't. Now between the 360 and this, I have so many digital games that I can't, 
I can't ever part ways from Microsoft, man. I just got too much games with them. Uh, but I'm excited for both systems. Uh, will I buy both systems when they come out? No. Uh, <laughs> right. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Like in time, will I have both of them? I, I would imagine so. Um, but uh, I don't need any of these right at launch. Um, I know the PS5 uh, pre-orders and everything have been a cluster, just really difficult <laughs> um, to say the least. And uh, Microsoft, I'm sure, will make theirs easier. Um, but what I quietly like, and it hasn't been officially announced, but Nintendo kind of hinted the day that the uh, PlayStation 5 came out or with their announcement, Nintendo kind of quietly mentioned that they're coming out with an updated version of the Switch sometime next year. It's going to be 4K. It's going to be more powerful. And uh, it's it's still going to be the Switch you know and love. Like, it's not it's not like a brand new system. It's just basically an upgrade. Right. It's, it can now just do 4K and stuff. So. Hey, sounds good to me. So in any case, you know, I've already got the Switch. I've got the PlayStation 4. Probably go on to the PlayStation 5. Uh, I just don't have time for anything really beyond that. So uh, I don't think I'm going to be picking up uh, another Xbox anytime soon. Yeah. was uh, um, It's one of those, what do you do with all these systems, man? <laughs> um, Mike's going through. They're getting ready to move to Carney, and he sent me a bunch of Snapchat. He's got bins upon bins of just video game nostalgia. And right. One, he had like a Game Gear. He had a Nintendo, a 64, a Dreamcast, a PlayStation. I'm just like... Right. And unless you have a dedicated game room, it's hard to do anything with that stuff. Yeah, they just sit there. Like, you can, can't really sit, but I have the Xbox 360 sitting like right there. <laughs> so Yeah, I couldn't tell you the last time it's ever yeah. been turned on, but... Uh, uh. Well, in any case, uh, let's move on. Tony, I'm, I'm going to skip the Star Wars one because nobody is nobody's favorite Star Wars character is C-3PO. Let's face it. No. Anthony Daniels has come back for a VR game. Oh, my. You're skipping over me. Big whoop. All right. And the show's getting a little long, and uh, I think we're getting a little on the tired side. So let's yes. go to our last story, not only of the show, but also of video game news, talking more about uh, our favorite uh, mini cabinets and arcade one-up. So Golden Axe and more Sega arcade games are getting the arcade one-up treatment. The next mini cabinet from arcade one-up features its first ever officially licensed Sega arcade games. The Golden, <laughs> the Golden Axe cabinet has five built-in games and a four-player control deck. There's also an available custom riser, as is the case with many of their three-fourth scale cabinets. It features a 17-inch LCD, LCD screen, adjustable volume, and a light-up marquee. This one ooh, might be uh, worth picking up. It uh, includes Golden Axe, Golden Axe, The Revenge of Death Adder, Shinobi, Altered Beast, and Wrestle War. And Wrestle War is the Ooh. only one of those that I haven't played. I love those other games, though. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, might be the very first of a very expensive uh, uh, habit tone. They haven't mentioned yeah. how much the price is. Uh, the two player cabinets are usually $399. With this being a four player cabinet, I would expect to see it in the $499 or even $599 range. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, and now everybody's getting in. I was kind of bummed today at Costco. We got uh, we got an arcade cabinet today. Um, most of the stores like in Idaho and Washington got NBA Jam. Mm -hmm. We got Pac-Man. 
But at least it was a cool Pac-Man one. It was like Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, Pac-Man. Yeah. Galaga, pole position. <laughs> but, you know, that's not what I would jump to go buy. I mean, that's cool. But, yeah, Golden Axe one would be sweet. I still, man, every time I see it at Walmart, I do always get an itch for that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I know. I like the Marvel versus Capcom cabinet. Yes. Well, if they do a Marvel versus Capcom 2 one, yeah. I mean. Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. There's some good ones out there. NBA Jam looks sick. Yeah, and what's good is that one's Wi-Fi, so we could play uh, I could play you. Seriously? Like, right now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's the first one that's Wi-Fi. Um, Turtles is not even uh internet compatible or wi-fi i gotta tell you when i was standing at walmart the other day waiting for the guy to find super mario uh, 3d all-stars i was standing right next to the nba jam cabinet there and uh you know if 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 circumstances were different it might have been coming home with me (laughs) yeah oh it looks so good man so good yeah. NBA Jam is just a fun game. Certain ones are just good. Now, my only qualm with some of these, though, like for the price that you're paying, I really wish they gave you like 10 games per. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, some, like a bigger package would be badass. Like, right. okay, you're being generous. You're giving me five. It's more than three. But, uh, you know, if you're going to do a big street, because I mean, realistically, when you think about it, if you're going to invest in these things, you don't want a gazillion of them in your house because they're pretty big. Right. I mean, they're small, but they take up a lot of space. So you want to make sure you get some good ones. But Ninja Turtles is oh, it's definitely one that I do get the itch for when I see it them all. Oh, I know, I know. Should I, should and I've mentioned I? it before. I wish they offered a true one-to-one scale on these cabinets. You know, these three-fourth cabinets, even with the riser, they're too small to stand and play, but they're too tall to sit and play. So it's. You know, I'm just worried about my back with it. But uh, I, every time they announce a new one, it makes it harder and harder not to want to at least oh, yeah. pick the Mar- one up. And, the, the Marvel ones are just crazy coming out. Holy crap. Yeah. So in any case, another one to look for for those arcade lovers like us. And uh, I don't know. Lovers I'm thinking of the arcade. Christmas or birthday, both are right around the same time. I might get one. But in any case, folks, that does it for this episode. Again, we want to thank everybody who chimed in live, watched live, and of course, listen back on uh, any of the video replays or cut us on podcasts. We love our podcast listeners. We love when you chime in. Check up any information that uh, we send out on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Proton Pack Podcast. And uh, we'll be back in about two weeks with another new episode. And in fact, I think Tony will be here and live and in living color. Be live live in the studio for that. So that'll be a good one. Yep. Tony, feel free to uh, take us out with anything you'd like to say. And of course, our uh, outro music and sound bites. All right. If it's green, it might be mean. And if it's yellow, let it mellow. Okay, bye-bye. Bye now. I am Hasta la vista, baby. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Woo! Honey, Fluffy. Goodbye. Oh!